0: how are you doing hi <laughs> hey. what's going on
1: round
0: everything two. nothing round two baby how are you you look i'm fly? okay oh you look
1: fantastic <laughs> yourself
0: <laughs> thanks babes
1: yeah what's been going on ah <laughs> uh, same old shit, tbh what happened with your uh I don't know. You, I don't even know what you want to talk about. I'm just like, I'm up for anything. I have no easy. idea.
0: We could talk about what's happened like since the yes. last time we spoke. I had so much fun before. We have to, but you have to come up with another title. That's as good as like, what was it? Hitler's micropenis or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes, I last time. Oh, the black mirror thing. Yeah. That's, it, it, that's cool. yeah, oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So what the
1: F, what happened to your, your amazing film?
0: Oh, man. Uh, well, let's start from, I actually got banned. Like, yeah, I got banned from Twitter for quite a while ago now, but I'm back. I'm like the Terminator. Yeah.
1: I know exactly. What was it for?
0: So I can't remember exactly, but it was basically, I was kind of stupid. I said something like, it was oh, when dude. they were hanging that effigy of that woman in France, you know, yeah. they were hanging that effigy. So I was, I basically mocked that and I said like, kill, bitch, turf, bitch, kill, bitch, something like that. Isn't that and what then, the
1: sign said? Can you, uh, I guess, preface or re- Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. over that. Like, what was that about? I'm going to play dumb and be like, what are you talking about?
0: Okay. so I don't, So there was a lady in France, forgive me. I can't remember her exact name or any of it, but she's a prominent feminist and she's a politician. And she said what we all know, you know, that this is not acceptable, that uh, men yeah. aren't women, blah, blah, blah. And then she, uh, some trans activists in France burnt an effigy, or they hung an effigy of her. I think her name's, is, is it Marie something? I'm not sure. I wouldn't but, know, but I know the story. But she, yeah, so they hung an effigy of her. Um, uh, at the same time, there was some feminists around that time, again, in Paris doing, mm-hmm. yeah, they were protesting for something and a bunch of TRAs showed up and like threw yeah. eggs at them. That was like, all going on at the same time. Yeah. So I basically said something like, and yeah, at the same time as all that's going on, they're always telling us to be kind. So my yeah. tweet that got me banned was basically, oh, and at the same time, the whole Super straights thing was happening, right? yeah. Right, so I got banned on Super Straits Day, which sucked, because I I was like, yeah, yeah, so (laughs) there was like a weekend where, like, it was all about the Super Straits stuff, and like, I think, yeah, I just got banned on, like, the Friday or Saturday, so I said something like, a few days before that, like, um, it was like, something like, kill those bitch turfs, kill, die, bitch, be kind, kill, be kind, kill, bitch, turf, be kind. And obviously some T R A must have just like seen that, seen my super straight stuff, because that was kind of like as well, like people were liking my super straight tweets. And then as soon as you start to like get more than a thousand likes or something on mm. a tweet, they start coming for you. We've seen that several of the the sort of women I chat to on Twitter, they, they said the same. So so yeah, so they took me out and then I just got first of all I had like a I don't know, twelve hour suspension and then i was just plain old like properly suspended forever um and then i like yeah i tried to From like that tweet
1: well, but, but but i'm like i don't it's weird because they say the same exact thing so how is it that you got banned for that like they i mean terp is is countless know, tweets that are yeah. the same so i'm like
0: I know. Do you know what? I'm not even surprised by it anymore. But I like if people yeah. are new to this whole thing, then it's it is really I can see people sometimes like on Twitter who are kind of really good people who are just in good faith. And I like I keep saying it to people, like I said it to someone the other day. Like, if you come at this like most people do from a good faith argument angle, like, oh, I'm just gonna say what's true and be polite and like things will you know if I just do the right thing that no like they're playing a totally different game it's like it's a bit like not to use a war analogy which is the men's area but like you know like there was in I think it was the second world war on I don't know some beach or whatever like you know I don't know there's films about it but you know how like you know like it's, like, a big deal here. It's, like, yeah, I forget, Dunkirk or something, where, like, all the little soldier men came out, like, thinking it was just going to be, like, World War One and they were going to shoot on the beach. And then the other side came up with, like, you know, mm. fuck, off, fuck off tanks and, like missiles and just like (laughs) smash them to shit. And they ended up in like dinghies on the English channel. Right. That's that's my version of that story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's so true. People come into this and they are yeah, they really I guess you'll just have to learn by living through it and being like, wait, what? They're not this isn't the system isn't fair. Like, no, it's not fair. You're not gonna solve diddly shit with being nice. Like You cannot yeah. bend the knee to these people in remotely as i always say once i mean these people don't just uh what is the phrase they don't you know take an inch and run a mile they don't stop running so no
0: exactly you can't and give you-
1: them anything if you give them a single thing then there goes everything that you have which is like i guess every freedom
0: um, yeah, I think, like, I saw a long time ago, like, yeah, so if people come into it with kind of a good faith thing, as people tend to, yeah. and you're like, what? Like, if we just talk, like, nicely yeah. and talk it out, it'll be, and it's like, no, because you don't really realise what you're up against. So it's yeah. like, I should have known better than that tweet, because what we've learned from time and time again, you know, women like Helen Stanleyland, who got mm-hmm. banned, who's on um, Graham Linehan's show as well. She's For asking a
1: valid question, apparently asking it repeatedly is considered like violent and harassment. Yeah, so Um,
0: obviously we know that, look, if we come from a starting point of no debate, right? So another big thing is that this, okay, so we're going to like dip straight into conspiracy theories because last time time we only got to that at the end. So so it's not a conspiracy theory, it's a conspiracy fact, right? But like, but like let's go it's a
1: conspiracy not a conspiracy theory. Yes,
0: yeah, so little things like for example like so Twitter obviously is a massive tech company and their interest I don't think they have any particular interest in like people are like oh Twitter hates women but yeah they probably do but no more than any other like tech company what we have to remember is that all of this channels back to money, ideology, investments yeah. and okay so we're dealing with like I don't want to, like, you know, trip way too ahead. But there were, for example, documents like the Dentons, the Dentons document, which was... No, rip into like, it. Just go. Right. So so there was, like, and again, I'm not the expert, but I do know that there's a law firm, big law firm called Dentons. And it's, it, we're well-versed on this now, the women who do amazing work, like, um, at Still Tish on Twitter, so that, and obviously the amazing Jennifer Billick, who you mm-hmm. you've had on here. They do incredible mm-hmm. investigative reporting when nobody else like is doing it. So yeah. go them. Yeah. And like obviously uh, Graham Graeme Linehan as well on his mm-hmm. sub stack has like plenty of people doing journalistic work. When he's a fucking comedian, like we've got people people, it's like all hands on deck, man. It's like the little dinghies, you know? But like so independent so, journalism, yeah. let's go, baby yeah exactly. So anyway, so there was this law firm called Denton's, and obviously documents have um snuck out. and Denton's, as a law firm, have been advising the uh, basically the the trans rights lobby, the lgbtq plus plus lobby all around the world and a lot of the NGOs. so these are huge, huge NGOs like there are so many LGBT um, NGOs, and they're almost all focused on trans and queer areas of LGBT, there's, like, barely anything that's to do with lesbians, and they're not just in, or, or gay men, obviously. Basically, as we know from Jennifer Billick's research, you know, mm. being, being gay and lesbian, obviously, which I am, like, that's not really that much of an issue anymore in Western countries. still a massive problem in other, in other parts of the world, mm. you know? But so mm. they have to create the, the, um, the for example, st- uh, companies like, um, charities like Stonewall have to create, as they did, new, they add the T. So they add the T in the queue because then it's a bit like advertising. It's like you've got Apple have to keep releasing new phones, you know, and they have to make sure that you have to keep buying them. They have to create new lifestyle choices because Mm -hmm. to them, being gay isn't enough. You know, being gay is, uh, you know, we're a target market to them. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, consumerism, corporatism. Long story short, yep. obviously, pharma companies, you know, the medical industry, medical industrial complex, and again, I'm not the expert. Go and look at, at Stiltish and Jennifer Billet because they'll do a much better job than I will explaining that. But, like, they, um, yeah, we can easily see that pharma companies and obviously, like, private surgeons, etc., cetera, et cetera, it's a huge industry and there's massive growth there. So what yeah. millionaires and billionaires look for is they look for not just, it's like if you're going to buy a house, right? If you're going to buy a house, you could just go and buy a house in the really, like, stable area that's really expensive already, and you know that the value is roughly going to stay about the same. But billionaires and millionaires, where they know that they can make their money is in areas where there's going to be exponential growth, where, for example, if you buy a house in in an area that's shitty but on the up, You know, and in 10 years and you hold it for 10 years, it will be huge. So same principle applies to the medical industrial complex, where right now, if you've got, you know, if if, if you're just starting to do hormones and puberty blockers like Lupron are. And actually, Lupron initially, the the drugs they now use for puberty blockers predominantly on young lesbian girls um, suffering from, you know, body hatred, basically. Yeah. that they've never been tested on females or children, you know, and they're, they're made to castrate male paedophiles, and I'm not yep. making that up. I yep. think, the I fact. think, yeah, I think that that's probably as good as Hitler's micropenis, I'm not sure, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: is that the same drug that uh, some women were taking for endometriosis, and they had horrific side effects? We're yeah. like they're, they're, I, I wish I was brushed up on this knowledge because I read this a while ago or like two months no, ago. You're it right. like it's been years. Where like their their jaw or something started deteriorating, like
0: their bone
1: something. It's pretty messed up. Like yeah, some it's women, really fucked
0: up. So some women I that have see... been interviewed are
1: like, I, you know, endometriosis is obviously a really painful thing to live mm. with where they, you know, now have taken and gotten off Lupron, but they're like, I wish I'd obviously never took it. And they would have gladly taken the endometriosis pain over Lubron permanent side effects like it's wild yeah. how is it allowed uh controlled substances like i got an ad the other day for some crap um called folks like i swear to god f-o-l-x and it's some let me pull it up I oh yeah it's...
0: i know because they're advertising it to, on her a lesbian dating oh app my god as well. let's see it's underneath this it's called uh, uh folks wellness or something i'll pull it
1: up and i'm too lazy to pull up the thing on here it's called let's see okay well the ad says our team of queer and trans clinicians put you back in control of your body and care sign up for a folks membership today it says informed consent you are in charge of your body with informed consent there is no mental health provider assessment gatekeeping access to hrt sign up for folks health folks offers gender affirming hormone therapy for transgender non-binary blah 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 and i'm like how, I just, it's so predatory. I don't it's understand so how predatory. these controlled substances are, like with no, it's not even a, a approved or tested for this whole bullshit made up identity crap. It's, it's wild. I'm like, what is going on? Why?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. You're a hundred percent, you're a hundred percent right. And look, these medical, huge medical, like you know, companies. Scandals. They, yeah. yeah, but they exactly. This is just one in a long line of them, and they eat these yeah. kinds of things for breakfast. Like these because. companies, they like they literally deal with this like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There, that's what they do. Like they make money off of chemicals getting shoved in people's bodies, whether they work or not, whether they're for yeah. that person, that disease or not. Exactly. You know, um, so that's their <laughs> prerogative, um, but. That being said, we are supposed to have checks and balances in countries where governments are supposed to hold these kinds of corporations account. At least the first, a little do no bit.
1: harm. Wasn't that the medical industry's like motto they used to live by? And from what I've, I wish I had, um, From what I've heard, they've basically just stopped saying that, which is hilarious.
0: Well, yeah, and it's also the thing. So what's happened now is that um, okay, so we'll kind of carry on with the Dentons thing. Like, so the activists have been uh, the activists that. Think that they're trans, or the activists that, for example, used to work at Stonewall, LGBT mm. charities, and stuff like that. Before there was a T added, you know, they were relatively small charities. Stonewall mm. was the biggest one in the mm. UK, and then when they added the T, obviously they get exponential kind of funding. So Jennifer Billick again has looked at Arcus Foundation, mm-hmm. and still Tish has looked at um, has looked at one called I think the Bearings Foundation, which operates on on the UK more. Um, what is people, Arcus? So Arcus Foundation is a, from what they've said, Arcus Foundation is a NG, it's a it's a foundation or an NGO, basically supposed to be a charitable foundation that is the like the um charity arm of a guy who runs like a huge medical uh, corporation that makes drugs and things like that. So basically what you've got is it's a bit like it's a bit like um, charity washing, if if that's even a term. Where it's like, yeah, like charity washing, where that's it's hilarious. like, where you've got like, you know, it's not like laundering money, but it's like, kinda, because what you're doing is okay. So what they do, paraphrasing, and obviously, you know, there are people who have properly researched this, and I'm not one of them. But they basically they use they set up a charity. They're multi millionaires and billionaires usually. Mm. They um, and there's a few of them, you know, and they uh, basically they have yeah, huge medical uh, corporations, whether that's drugs or surgery or whatever else. Some of them are even into the tech sort of, you know, transhumanism and tech side of things, you know. Um, so anyway, what they do is they channel money from their businesses into charitable foundations. And then those charitable foundations donate grants and money to other charitable foundations. But obviously what they want to do by doing that is control uh, the lobbyists. So then they basically have lobbyists of other charities operating on their behalf to get laws passed that they want. So what we've seen in the UK is a huge push from mm. Stonewall and I think Gendered Intelligence and Mermaids, the three big charities here. And they try to um, get laws passed Um like, for example, they're the people who were trying to intervene in the Kira Bell case here, you know, which was all about um, whether children can consent to um, these life-changing yeah. puberty blockers and, and, and so on and so forth. So so that's where it's coming from. And Denton's, which I started off talking about there, they basically wrote a document that advised them how to go about this. And the way they said, again, you know, to go about this is to do it by stealth basically they said don't talk about it in the open do it so that people don't in the public they yeah. don't get to hear about it and this is all documented it's not just you know crazy people oh, i'll put it up fun. i
1: saw those screenshots it was mind-blowing i mean The 11th hour is one of the earliest things i read about all this and i was like what the f-? i mean these are documents that you go to their literal website and you can read it for yourself the absurdities about how snake-like and stealthy and get ahead of the government and use certain public figures to push this bs um it's insane i was just like what how do people not it's just people don't have the time to i guess even consider thinking about looking beyond like well this is life-saving care or gender-affirming like none of this shit is what people actually think it is i don't know um
0: no, I, d- I don't think so. And I think, again, we're coming back to this idea of a good faith argument. People believe, and, you know, I like, you know, I can definitely see how this happens. Like, people, myself included, we like to believe in the goodness of people. And most yeah. people are are good people. And we like to believe that there is a sense of order in all of this chaos. And not, that- to the
1: pe- not people that have the mass loads of money. Like, I wish people could understand. I mean, to me, and this is something I've discovered very quick, like that men that have an crazy astronomical amount of money they're not any good like i mean i don't believe i mean this could be women too i guess i've seen some transhumanists. trans pro-transhumanism woman just be absolute lunacy i just think these people are trying to play god they have all the money and they're bored and they want to control things and they want to play around with humanity and civilization and uh societies because they can because they have the money money can change the world money can change you know propaganda do all that all that jazz and look what's yeah
0: and look, you know, it's something. I mean, other people like Jane Claire Jones and the philosophers she's are, are the really I love
1: her. yeah,
0: she's great. Like I used, you know, a lot of her interview with Glinner in my in my documentary. She's great and mm-hmm. has a way of explaining things that uh, makes complex concepts simple. You know, and I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I definitely think if you really look at it, you know, what it comes down to is that they want to control nature and the only part of nature is very difficult for them to control is women and our bodies, yeah. reproduction. And isn't that just a pain in the ass, you know, that they can control almost everything but they cannot control, um, yeah. you know, the probably the most important thing which will happen in your life, which is the beginning of it, you know, the giving birth. So, yeah, so yeah they can't control that, that resource they can't control the labor of it trying obviously to.
1: labeling us by our effing body parts are already making us into like commodities like oh your uterus haver and uh, yeah. the, uh horrible terms are pregnancy what is the one with about pregnancy pregnant
0: people pregnant yeah. people and then the
1: women that get into this are just chest you know.
0: chest feeders chest feeders oh my god so That's i mean
1: why are we but- not calling men like dongle havers or like floppy rod havers like why people just need to look at this stuff and be like wait a minute why is this only about women like what i mean ugh it's just
0: uh well the feminists do so if you know anyone who's getting involved in shit on twitter is gonna be like you know they do they, the feminists call them like the ejaculators yeah 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 <laughs> i know
1: yeah they're like where yeah. are the feminists at i'm like where oh, are God. the
0: feminists
1: right what here
0: the, the thing is is that so okay so if we go back to this idea that they're going into it with a good faith argument and most people are good people man i think even some of the activists are, you know mm. are not yeah. bad people That's i think true. what you have so what we what you have really is you have very very powerful men at the top just a mm. few of them but just enough you know with the money they have yeah. is you know and we're talking about john striker i think his name is and um yep the other autogynephile, uh, Martin, yeah, Rothblatt. I know these Rothblatt are names you'll never forget, and, and Pritzker, that, yeah, those guys. So, so they, um see, so yeah. So it doesn't take that many billionaires to really sort of rock a, rock a boat, right? And yeah. we're currently seeing autogynephiliac
1: millionaires, yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. A couple of them are, and um, you know, I think. For me, I I agree with Jennifer Billick in the sense of there are so many moving parts here, but when you strip it back to money, people understand that language, you know, they get that because it's understandable to see how money could drive these kinds of things. But there are other aspects to it. So not only do you have the money, the huge amounts of money that are being poured in, not just in the USA and in the UK and all across Europe, but in Africa too, you know, Mm. like, the, again other people have done the research to go and see like all of the amount of money that's being poured into these tiny little lgbt charities mm. being set up at, for example in africa and india where for example they still don't have laws that mm. keep um lesbian and gay people safe or bisexual people safe so to throw this stuff in here in in the in those countries especially and those continents where it, they still don't have laws that protect people in the beginning you're just asking for trouble think of a country like iran where they have the highest rate of transgender transsexual surgeries Mm. primarily because it's illegal to be gay but it's not illegal Mm. to become in so instead of being a gay man you you'll become a a straight woman you know and and that's that's really what this is so this is some form of gay conversion therapy you know and 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 sterilization
1: hundred thousand percent
0: A hundred percent. And I think, you know, it's also interesting that it's predominantly young women that are having that are being sterilized, that are having parts of them chopped off. So the male to female transsexuals, if they do most, most male transgender people, male bodied, stay male bodied. They don't change a thing. You know, very few of them have the surgery and the ones that do the surgeries they tend to go for are, are obviously um, boob jobs you know so they yeah. get something added but facial it's facial the feminization
1: yeah. yeah exactly
0: but yeah. it's the women who are having bits lopped off and, and yeah. sterilization and, and I think...
1: body organs removed like necessary organs that regulate your body
0: yeah you and can't so just
1: remove and be normal or live your normal life
0: yeah, 100%. Wow. And like, yeah, I love Sheila Jeffries. That's why I put a little bit of her in my film. She's like, you know, been talking about this stuff for decades, you know, and I think it's, um oh, yeah. and um and I think, and there was a woman called Janice, Jan- is it Janice Raymond? Janice yeah, Raymond? I, so, yeah. I wanted to say Janice Dickinson, but definitely not her. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it's Janice Raymond wrote the original sort of text on this kind of area, if, if people do want to go and look it up. I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. But is um,
1: that the the, uh, transgender empire or transsexual empire one? That's right. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. That one is for free to read online. Um, I will put a link in the show notes.
0: Very good. uh, Um, Yeah. yeah, So basically, yeah, I think that what's happened is, so you've got all this money, right? You've got all this money and you own own a medical uh, or tech company that's to Mm -hmm. do with um either uh well basically turning people into transsexual people so um but now what you've done is you've flooded like NGOs across the world quite small organizations where a hundred thousand pounds pays for everything they need in like three years so if you add like 60k or like 100k or more it doesn't take a lot to really like sway these people and we've seen it where even feminist organizations you know organizations that should be standing up for women have been totally captured because of this money and if and they're not going to get this money unless they do what they're told to do so then what happens is um a lot of good people might leave the company and what, or the charity and what are you left with? You're left with the kind of careerist types, the people who, um, you know, and uh, charities and NGOs are a whole other thing because a lot of times, not always, there are amazing people at charities who do amazing, incredible work. But there is sometimes at board level and at director level, CEO level with some NGOs, not all, there is a sense that, Charity can tend to um, perpetuate the problems it claims Mm -hmm. to be trying to fix because the director's paycheck is dependent on that problem existing. So, And I'm not even saying that that's happening consciously, but on some Mm -hmm. unconscious level, you're not trying to solve the problem because really what a charity is, is it's a a solution looking for a problem, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whereas businesses, not to say businesses are great and charities aren't, but businesses generally, because they have to make a profit and people have to pay for something, like a, a product or a service, and charities tend to ask for money. So they're, mm-hmm. not, they're not generally providing you with something back. They're providing service users mm-hmm. with something back, right? So what you have is in business, you always have to appeal to the customer, right? So you're always trying to serve a need that the customer has. But with a charity... Not always. And again, I'll just say there are amazing people doing amazing work at some charities all over the world. But sometimes it can get a bit out of alignment, like a like a ship, you know, like if you're on a if you're on a ship and it only takes you to slightly turn a little way. And if you keep going forward, you're going to end up in a completely wrong direction eventually. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's only minor, minor degrees that we're talking about. So all this money and all this ideology, basically the ideology that people can be born in the wrong bodies to be put simply, which I don't believe they can be. And it's never no. been proven that we can be, you know? No. So it's the idea point. that people can be born in the wrong bodies, but funny enough, they're only ever born in the opposite sex's body. <laughs> it's not like they're born in, why aren't we born in animals bodies? Like, why not? You know, like, sure
1: that's probably coming Lord almighty.
0: Like if you can be born in the wrong body, if you're this soul that's born in the wrong body, then why why does it just always seem to be the opposite sex from what you are anyway point is um that they have created this how variety. is the
1: soul stuff? how is this not a religion like if it's so like my soul and my like my gender soul or whatever like how is that science when they're like well, or you know, um, trust the science or whatever. They try to say it's something about science related, and like, how is soul stuff related to science at all? It's a, it's a, it's a religion.
0: It's like, a religion, absolutely. And if there's nothing it's science a, about it, it's in the same way that Scientology is. It's a religious cult. So yeah. it's yeah. Uh, the the dogma of it. And this is the thing: is that yep. if you coming back to the bad the the good faith arguments, if you are telling the truth then you'll happily have a conversation about what you think because you can come to logical conclusions. And basically, the Dentons document that was crafted by lawyers to say, tack this on to other things. So try and hide this uh, bill to say that uh, people can have puberty blockers at age 14 or, you know tackle all of these laws to do with uh, changing women's language, and in the UK especially, and elsewhere, swapping out the word "sex" in all of our equality acts, uh, which protect gender, us, yeah. and putting in gender identity right. instead, yeah. and has a massive effect on, especially female people, because as we know, female people um, are are not are not treated equally by as uh, to to male people. So what you have because is basically our bodies,
1: our bodies, like our people. It's not about like souls, it's because of our bodies. Like you can't just slap on an identity, bullshit. It's just Well yeah. Crap.
0: So what you have now is for example in California, you already have males going into female prisons. And in the yep. UK, we've got an avalanche of this shit. Even today I was mm-hmm. I saw one happened to see one where a guy who was making bombs at home and was a um part-time police officer identifies as a woman and uh, and is now uh, after being uh, caught as a sex offender several different counts not just one but multiple multiple there's so many sex offenders now and it's it's crazy right so what happens is these are sex offenders that have had say multiple sex of sexual offenses in their lives male people obviously and then what they do is on their latest one, they've now realized that when they go to court, if they say that they're transitioning into becoming a woman, the judge takes more sympathy on them. So we've had several cases I've seen, three or four or five, even in the last few months, like where the judge goes, life must be terribly difficult for you. I can understand that being in a male prison would be really tough for you. And it's like, this guy's raped several 10-year-olds, you know? like. And so what's happening Sympath- is...
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point. Sympathizing and empathizing with, like, pedophiles and... Yep. It's just like this is it's just an open door blatant abuse like Yeah, men yeah. men, men lawyers being like, Oh, poor you. We should put yeah. you in with this with the women that of which you've raped women's bodies. So let's put you in with more women. Just because you say you're a woman, like, wake up people. It's oh, so yeah. absurd.
0: Again, it's like you could get, and I have got, and people do get, and they're entitled to get very angry about the fact that women are always seen as collateral because it's like you would think, right, that there would be a risk assessment about this. Like, hmm, I wonder what could possibly go wrong about putting people with penises who are still physically fully male who have a long history of sexual offences against women and children. I wonder, no, nothing could possibly go wrong. There's clearly been either no one thinking about this, which I don't believe, or the thinking has been, mm, well, we don't want to look, we don't want to look bad. And exactly. I don't want to, loo- I don't want exactly. to lose my job. I yeah, don't want to lose my is job. is
1: hate speech. Exactly. Like if, if anyone was, were to state the obvious about this, well, you're a man, you have a penis, you're claiming you're, I mean, it's just, but you did, you've, you've done the raping and stuff because you're a man with a male body to women with women that have female bodies. You can't even. Th- I think that this whole thing is teaching people not to be, you know, think critically and think beyond this this bullshit fogginess of gender identity. Like it, it's it ceases their minds from even going there because it's it's a whole state. What I mean? by state is a world mindset of terror and fear that if you even put your mind there, uh, you know, thought police. Like you'll be, I don't know, fired. You'll lose your family, your everything. Um, it's it yeah. is. It's so all controlling and all consuming
0: people... so what's what's happening like within a lot of institutions is like you've got to think about it right is there's individual people who are say you know local governors local people in california who are making these decisions or having to explain these decisions that don't make any sense and are clearly very like fucked up decisions but that person is thinking to themselves but if I don't do this, I'm going to look like I'm a terrible person because people are going to say I'm transphobic, so, Yeah. And also on top of that, I won't get re-elected or I will lose my job or I won't get that promotion. So, so this is what's happening is that it's very difficult to get people to think when their job depends on them ignoring such facts. But what's starting to happen now is that... Um, yeah, so for example, in the UK, we just had the bathroom bill thing. So, so this week, um, it was decided by the uh, I don't know some equalities ministers or whatever that they were they had done a consultation with the public and with all of these lobbyists, you know, charities and whatever else on having gender neutral toilets in mm-hmm. in new newly built buildings and everything. And basically, it came back and after consultation. And lots of women like putting forward their their their, um, their feelings and expertise on it. Lots of women like submitted on that, and they really didn't want to hear from the women at all. But what's happened now is that the government have basically gone, all right, then. Well, clearly there's there is a conflict here, and so we're not going to do that. We're not we're not going to have gender neutral toilets. All. Uh, at least not exclusively, all to- all government buildings and official buildings need to have um, gentlemen and ladies' toilets. And pro- possibly what we'll do is add a-, a third space. And basically the gender ideologues, the TRAs, Stonewall, etc., they have a meltdown because you know, yeah. they have some like, kind we're of- dying.
1: Ne- I'm going to literally die because this exists. I saw this recently. Um, let, let me read. It was just ridiculous because some bill was passed in Tennessee, I believe. I can't remember. It was something about, of course, when you Google this, it's government. I Googled government Lee. The bill is HB, H House Bill 1182. Uh, and of course, the first thing that Google pulls up is freaking HRC website stuff because Google mm-hmm. is, you know, BS, whatever. Uh, the way they frame this is hilarious. I was trying to write an article that was written from, it, I guess, more conservative side or reality side. But this is the HRC thing saying Tennessee governor Lee signs anti-transgender business, blah, blah, blah. But some dude, this fucking guy.
0: <laughs> oh it. yeah. Yeah. I seen that. Uh, one. He
1: said, I'm livid. Please help us get out of this state. My husband and I are no longer safe here. This could result in our death. Please help us leave. And then this person who does amazing investigative work on Twitter. Uh, I almost, uh, I forgot their handle. H H E G E something. I can't remember. But uh, they said this guy spends most of his of his time threatening violence on women. It's okay if you label them turfs first, though, and begging for money. Now he thinks his life is in danger because women want to know if they can expect men in the restrooms. Some of his tweets are: It's a really bad week for turfs. Executive order allowing trans kids in sports. I, I hate using this language. Trans. I don't like to use that. Uh, blah 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 blah. Actually, I'm just going. Oh, oh, uh. Executive order allowing trans kids in sports, executive order allowing trans people in the military, and now an infamous turf, Helen Steinlin, has been permanently banned from Twitter. Ouch, you know they're mad. And then the next one is, well, I just went on a turf hunting spree. Today should be fun. Next is, I'm done playing nice and friendly. The rest of the night, any turf I see gets a swift fuck off real motherfucking quick. He's a little bitch. Someone's a little bitch. He's a weak little turf. He blocks people. What a little weak child. Welcome to the fight. We have cookies in the back, and in the side yard, we have turf cutouts for target practice. Like, I love how they're like, oh my god, save me! And they're the one saying all this violent bullshit. Um,
0: Well, yeah.
1: Because F the turfs, Uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know. Because having turf beliefs and believing in crisis actors are classic white nationalist ideology. I don't (laughs) even know, dude. A turf is nothing more than a Nazi and feminist disguise. I'm so tired of this bullshit. Like this is a man. That is not a woman. Like ew. Obviously fail. Ew. Yeah. These people are fucking deranged. Sorry, that was put yeah. aside. No, but, but...
0: The, no, you're totally right. And I think again, like last time we spoke, like we ended up talking about just like the narcissism that runs through all of this. So again, we're coming yeah. back to basically um, just very, very childish narcissistic people. You know, and I obviously yeah. not everybody. You know, there are a range of people who are for various different reasons involved in this and let me say that the you know the tra's do not represent actual trans people or what are known as actual trans people such as transsexuals as they used to be called who are very very rare you know and what it is a lot of it is just about narcissism it's about you know males especially going I want this. I want access to women's spaces, women's bodies. I want to physically be turned on because of autogynophilia. I want to be physically be able to get my rocks off um by embodying embodying my idea, my my concept mm-hmm. of what a woman is, because, of course, they don't know what it means to really be a woman. It's like they think how- a woman
1: looks like a bimbo. And if you're a quote, ugly woman, which is just a woman, without makeup or presenting as a bimbo or e thought therefore so when they present themselves these men as like skankified like prostitutes they think i mean that says a lot about what they think a woman is and so when you're a woman being like this is that's not a woman like this is ridiculous they're like you're just jealous because i'm more i'm more of a woman than you'll ever be i'm like so um they're just deluded i know i'm like that's not it's just so—it's so crazy. They think that, that the only way to be a woman is to just look like a total prostitute. Um, so performative so hey commercial break you can support my work by joining the rational revolution on my subscribe star which is subscribestar.com forward slash distorted lens or you can donate directly through my paypal which should be some link somewhere around here i'll put it up just want a commercial break and make sure that you uh support my work if you enjoy the work that i do if you get any sort of entertainment any sort of education and you just want to support my work you can do that by doing one of the things i just mentioned so back to the show
0: these and are really, really, really mentally ill, sick men. And I yeah. mean, I'm um, thinking. And they get off separate... by even using
1: bathrooms, women's bathrooms. Like, yeah, they, mas- they masturbate. They they suction dildos on the floor and, ma- and yep. literally use them as a. I mean, touch themselves as they hear. Just like knowing. Just them being in a women's bathroom gets the rocks off and they'll touch. It just
0: because it's about colonization you know it's about being somewhere same thing as like the rape mentality where it's like the the thing that turns that particular kind of a guy on is the power of being able to do something that um that the woman has no control over yeah, so again it's inferior. about yeah it's about power and control that's the this the inferiority complex leads to having to act and act out some sense of superiority fan- fantasy and with the autogynophiles it's about getting turned on by the humiliation of being a woman so if you go and check out for example isabella who does uh whose body is it podcast she's got an amazing one recently um on auto on sissy yeah, Yeah. yeah, which is like um uh, and i briefly touched on it in my darkest shit ever Man. Yeah, and I mean, I find it We fascinating. need to talk about it more, though,
1: because I feel like a, the majority of the... People don't know. Yeah, I think the majority of the trans bullshit is literally that, though, like, straight up. Because oh, 100%. It's, it's hypnosis. I think my headphones are backwards. Hold on. Uh, actually, I actually have no idea.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> anyway. Yeah, sorry, go yeah. ahead.
0: No, so it's... um So, yeah, so I think if we just separate the female-bodied transgender young women, because you'll notice, like... Like other people have said, where are all of the middle-aged uh, trans you know, women suddenly coming out at 45 realizing they've been men all along? There aren't any, right? There's What there are are yeah. very young, teenage to young adolescent um, or young sort of early 20s women mm. who have been captured by this ideology suffering from what cause clearly see as internalized Escapism. misogyny. And yeah. homophobia, and I know because I was a, a teenage lesbian girl and I didn't like it and I hated my body and I would have done anything yeah. in that moment. Whatever that thing is, especially when there's all this porn around, you know, I saw porn at a young age, and it's like when I saw what, what, yeah. and I didn't really know I was gay yet, and it's like when you see what, what sex in porn looks like, that's very scary, and Sheila yeah. Jeffries talks about this. It's very scary. So if you're a young girl and it's like, wow, Well, all i know is i don't want to be that you know
1: especially a young girl now like women are like being rapidly i mean they're not but the language is being erased and removed like what what girl would be like yay i'm gonna stand against all this bs and fight this which is really difficult by the way i mean of course you'd want to escape into it you know i the there's no like proud yes it's okay to be a woman and women are strong you know
0: Well, it's a mixed message. It's a mixed message. So there is. There's now, there's people going, yeah, it's amazing. I'm a girl dad. Be a boss. Be a woman boss. But really, women and girls, we know from very, very young, and it's even worse now, we know from very young that our position is a lot more vulnerable than boys. You see it in the things that we are expected to do, the things we're not really supposed to do, and the expectations of us. And boys have their own shit to deal with too. But it's just very clear from an early age, the yep. position of girls is so much less free and power, yeah. powerful, yeah. you know, where we're supposed to be. And yet it's a mixed message because it's like you can do anything, you know, like hashtag 90s and 2000s feminism where it's like you can do anything boys can do. And then the reality is that, oh, but what, what you're really expected to do is be a, a porn bot right yeah. be a porn bot and be a sex robot yay
1: sex work is work only fans so is
0: isn't it funny how nobody says drug dealers are, drug deals are deals you know it's like <laughs> the same thing it's like it's like what you're talking about is a illegal and also like it's not good for the people involved it's not good no. for the purchaser nor is it Rex good for you. the seller Yeah, yeah, so bad for people and it's like it's like it's it's not a job. It's rape. You know, that's what it is It's It's paid rape
1: rape. Yes, think about it like
0: you know if if women don't have
1: freedoms you're on OnlyFans and men ask for Disgusting shit where you obliged to because you're like well shit. They have the money What am I gonna do not insert this fucking shit up my ass? Like I mean It's not you're not being empowered. You're you're absolutely a a commodity you're a fucking shell of a per you're just an item you're an item you you don't have a soul you think you think they care about you get get out of here like what a, yeah. what a joke
0: and the sad thing is it's always always the, <sighs> the like the most um sort of abused already women and girls that are drawn to it like because yes. i know i know personally anecdotally uh somebody who's you know done sex work with the only fans stuff and stuff like this and like I can just hear all over her, you know, she's from a quite a, you know, decently well-off middle-class family with mm-hmm. a nice accent and whatever. You can hear that she doesn't have to do that financially. There were mm. probably many other things she could do. And, of course, all over the world there are women who have no choice but to do that. But she isn't one of those. And I think what it is, it's kind of like um, sexual tourism for her. She, hmm. Yeah, and I think it's a way of getting validation and being risque. Oh, yeah being risque and and in a way that that mom and pop wouldn't approve of it gives and same with the trans thing yeah yeah same with the trans thing where the girls who are invariably doing it again it's a means of control abigail schreier has done incredible work in her book to prove and show that really these are the same girls that would otherwise be anorexic or bulimic and that's a social contagion it's about control you know and i think Coming back to the autogynophiles, absolutely, you're 100% correct that if if the world knew the term autogynophilia, if they knew more about yeah. sissy hypnoporn, then they would see this whole thing very differently because what yeah. becomes instantly clear is, like, for me, I could see what was going on and I could understand it. And then when I realized what autogynophilia and sissy hypnoporn, I was like, ah, oh, that's what... That's what makes it all make sense, yeah, you know.
1: Exactly, straight up, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, Disgusting. and I think I think as well, it's that thing of like, um, I do also, and it's in my film as well. I do see this, um, and Linda Bellos, uh, who's a very important um, lesbian activist um, in the in the UK, and started Black History Month, I believe, and stuff like that too. She said, and I I put a bit of it in my documentary she said about how I don't believe that it's a coincidence that this is happening uh just as a new wave of feminism just as me too and as Mm -hmm. much as we can critique that and that's you know got its own issues but just as women are starting to gain a lot more power in the world and politically you look at um you look Mm -hmm. at the UN has this huge push out in the last five ten years to try and improve the lives of women and girls globally there's been a lot of campaigns you know we all know that corporations have realized this too there has actually been a drive to get more women um up the ladder in a number of ways but of course you know if you ever read susan faludi's backlash there's always going to be one with the every time you take a step forward you almost sow the seeds of the swing back you know where it's like Mm -hmm. so this for me and and other people have said it and i agree is really just a a male swing back if you look at people like Jordan Peterson and the success that he has his his ideology really speaks to kind of incel boys who when we look at the trans phenomenon with the male male to female people in focus um the men who men who like to call themselves self-identified women really what you have there is you've got um, incels who have decided that that um, they just going... They can't get a woman, so they're going to become one instead. So you've yep. got the incels who someone like Jordan Trans-cell. Peterson... Trans cells, exactly. So you've got Jordan Peterson and his ideology, which appeals to this sort of far bygone era of men as the classic rescuer hero. You know, that's really... If you listen to the rhetoric in all of Jordan Peterson's hmm. speeches, his talks and his books... And he really has a lot of contempt for women and you can see it quite visibly. In every video he does, like the one mm-hmm. he did with Helen Lewis, all the comments, thousands of comments below that are basically to the tune of, haha, feminist gets owned, right? They hate, they hate feminism. They're so threatened by, by women wanting to be equal. I've seen know? that
1: too a lot with conservative uh, people like Crowder and... Uh, Matt Walsh, like, they have a lot of good stuff to say and they understand yeah. what this trans bullshit is, but man, there's some definite underlying misogyny and like, oh, bro jokes, and it's really exhausting, and I keep trying to convince myself that they're talking, I, you know, talking about liberal feminism, Crowder has this, like, rape culture is a myth, and I'm like, oh, God, and just, like, so much fem, you know, snarky shit about feminism, and I'm like, listen, I know there's not a lot of, I mean, there is some false with feminism hello liberal feminism exists which is the whole sex work is work and uh men can become women which is absolute fallacy and just total lies um but i just have noticed that
0: yeah definitely. push about
1: like anti-feminism and i'm like hmm interesting yeah. yeah
0: definitely and it's always been there if i can kind of contextualize this to with a positive swing on it because I like to which is that there has been no better time to be a woman than now for sure i mean i wasn't yeah. there but that is that is a fact we are moving forward i guess what i would say is it's it's a very complex world to grow up in for young mm. women and girls because now with social media and you know God. everybody get every it. every boy result. in every boy in high school can get get like porn on his phone like at, so basically you're living in this completely yeah. porn drenched culture and sheila jeffries talks about how porn really really saturates the culture you look at our music videos oh, yeah. you look at our oh, magazines you see um what's her name what's her face billy eilish who was famously you know like kind of like tomboyish now that suddenly was so upsetting that was on like, Vogue, oh my god like yeah. in, and it's like oh i feel so much more like a woman now basically you feel more like if it feels good
1: do it her whole shit i was like like, what the fuck dude like she's just been gaslit any person any woman in the entertainment industry is no like she their sense their self their sense of like their real they they didn't grow up into ever discovering themselves for what they could really be without being controlled by men in the industry
0: um that whole shit i'm like i think we all struggle with that even as a like lesbian like you know, like, I struggle with the fact that, like, not really now, but I used to, you know, especially when I was younger, what is my place in the world when the world tells me in every in every billboard, in every yeah, exactly. page of the newspaper, that my value is in how attractive and available for sex I am to males. And especially, I think in a weird way, being gay kind of saved me because... Mm. Because to be honest with you, once you go there, I know it's not that big a deal now, but it's, you know, like it feels probably a bigger deal than it looks on the outside. So in the sense of you're basically completely turning your back on male validation. And for women, that's a very, very difficult thing to do. And, you know, for me, I kind of didn't really have a choice. but, But I'll tell you what, and I think a lot of women learn this as they get older too, like, you, you can derive so much more of a feeling of, like, um, of, you know, internal power, if you like, when you stop getting it externally in that way. And I yes. think, I think that, that is naturally something that happens to women as they get older because they become less attractive to men, you know. Because, mm-hmm. of course, men become more attractive as they get older, because why? Because they have more power as they get older, traditionally. And therefore it's, remember as well, it's, you know, again, with Sheila Jeffries, it's like, it's the power that we sexualize. So I was thinking about it yesterday, like with um, with women and, and all of this sort of sex workers work and stuff, really what what we're taught as young girls, especially with the, with the onset of sort of porn being so available now, which it never was, I don't think, older, older women can really understand. Like, I've heard a couple of younger women talk about it recently, and it it really hits hard where it's like, it's like when you grow up in such a porn-drenched culture that we really have now, like, no matter how smart you are, like, Mm -hmm. you are kind of so conditioned that, that you have to be available and that you're, even that your own liberation is going to be through... Having sex with lots of men, you know, and this sex positivity thing, and I learned for myself that, like, actually, that's that's for women especially. The consequences can be really damaging, and also, we're just, we're just, we're we're not really. And of course, people can go and get their rocks off however they want, go and have as much sex as you want. But I don't really think we're built that way, you know. Certainly not as a long-term strategy for happiness. I don't think we're really. Felt that way, and that's just my observation. And I think, yeah, and I think as well that so, coming back to the Jordan Peterson stuff, that really we have this okay, so we have a whole bunch of things where men have all we hear about now is that men have so many mental health issues and that male suicide is massive, and that's true, you know. And obviously, we hear about women's mental health, but I think as women, we tend to live more in denial. We tend yeah. to live a lot more in denial. I've heard it described as kind of Stockholm syndrome. So we mm. sexualize our powerlessness. We mm. we find ways to kind mm. of enjoy our our position as the less than category of of human, and wow. sometimes not even human. We find ways to make that sexually exciting. Oh look at that guy, he's so powerful. Oh he's got so much charm. And yeah. okay, he might be a lying narcissist, but. But isn't he sexy? You know, and it's like True. I hear women like this all the time, and you watch it, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And it's like, it's really just the power that's been sexualized there. Sexually, power and control.
1: Really yes, yeah. I, I think it's some. It's so crazy that like whatever you want to call it, patriarchy type stuff, that they enforce the men enforce upon women to always be presentable, be fuckable, and cute, and uh, an item to. Yeah, be, to we look are basically at. conditioned. But then they. Yeah, and then they but then they take that back and then they sexual and fetishize that concept of uh you know sissy hypno shit, um where they take being an inferior weak used only just your holes are just to be fucked, mm-hmm. and that's now like what they live as like a, a woman and they fetishize it's so crazy they like impose it on us they take it back it's just like a whole stew of just disgusting,
0: vile,
1: evil. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's really upsetting. So again, it's like, you know, Jermaine Greer said, wasn't it, you know, like, um, women have no idea how much men hate them. And I know that not all men hate women. um, If there's any fellas listening, hey, guys. (laughs) I'll say all
1: men. Let's just make it even here. I say all men, you say not
0: all men. Just to piss them off. Yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you what, it's that thing of like... So autogynophilia, we'll we'll talk about that in the sissy porn. So yeah, if we take the kind of, the, 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 the young guy who Jordan Peterson would appeal to is a guy who in part, in centuries gone by, that guy would have immediately been able to marry any woman that, you know, her father would have sold her off when he would have been in like 22, he would have married a 15, 14 year old girl. And then he would've had a job that he had for life that had been in his family's name forever. And hey, I love JK. Mm-hmm. And then he would've married some, you know, teenage girl. Uh, he he would've completely like been, you know, the, the man of the house and he would've worked in a job like, I don't know, a, a shoesmith or something, whatever. forever. and then, you know, he would have sex with her. She, you know, and she would get pregnant and they would just live until they died and raise family and of course love could grow and some people were lucky enough to to you know be able to marry people that they loved especially if they had money but honestly the thing is is that like men knew their place they could go off to war nowadays men don't know their place because mm. their entire role of masculinity Sheila Jeffries talks about this too there's uh, you know the their entire role as as men and masculinity cannot exist without femininity Mm. so it's you know you can't they are the yin and the yang you cannot have Mm. one without the other so if women now can suddenly in you know in the 21st century or 20th century can work can go to war can can provide for ourselves can raise children by ourselves can drive can go places can do things can be in politics if, if the message to girls, and don't think that boys don't notice what messages are being sent to girls, right? And the message to girls in the last 20 years has been, you can do everything boys can do. That's really fucking threatening to a boy who's also at the same time that boy is being told to be a man, you have to be in control, you have to be rich, you have to be powerful, successful, you have to get a woman and you have to be in charge, you know, and it's like, the message that we're sending, the messages we're sending, are not compatible with each other. So women, I as guess, that's women-
1: why men are so threatened when women are better than them or oh, yeah, are even yeah. even. They just get so upset.
0: Yeah. So it's true. So you look at a woman like J.K. Rowling or whatever. Like one of the things that I, a lot of the sort of incel type of guys that I put in my film. They were clearly just very angry that she'd made a lot of money. Now, this woman was
1: ridiculous. That was was really hard to watch. Yeah. uh, Well, I come from the gaming industry, so I know all about that shit.
0: Well, yeah, but I've noticed it myself, you know, in my own life, you know, that, like, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, we're happy with girls, like, being involved, but you shouldn't take first place. You, yes, and literally exactly. when you think about it now men are literally going into women's competitions and taking first place because women, yeah. women women cannot, don't deserve anyway
1: are you, we make, cannot
0: like, have a first place you cannot you so cannot fun. have anything to yourselves and you yep. cannot be a winner women can participate now we're allowed to leave the house and join a job and go to the gym we're allowed just about you know we always run the risk of being raped of course but you know, raped and murdered, whatever. But, like, at the same time, we can participate, but we must know our place. And so if you, again, listen to the rhetoric of Jordan Peterson, his whole ideology is around... um, And there's a lot of men like this, too. Even men that I admire and respect and enjoy and find funny. Yeah. You know, uh, you can hear it. And it's not necessarily contempt like it is with him. That's what I mean by
1: Crowder and Matt Walsh and these conservatives. I'm like, I I agree with, like, a lot of what they say. But there's this, like, under...
0: There's an undercurrent and and I'm like, it's 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 almost not really in your face,
1: but I'm like, oh man, do I hear it?
0: Because remember, what's the worst thing to be if you're a man is to be called a woman, to be called a a pussy, to be called, you know, to be called weak. What you will hear if you listen to men for long enough, if they're honest, is that they're, the thing they are not allowed to be is weak, which is a big problem for them. And another word being, for being weak is, or, yeah. yeah and another word for weak is vulnerable. So the biggest shame mm-hmm. and we'll come back to the odds of gydophilia like the biggest yeah. shame is to be vulnerable and who's vulnerable women are vulnerable right So if you are turned on by the kick and the thrill of shame you know and sex is very sexual desire is linked to fear right mm-hmm. Sexual desire is completely linked to fear in the sense of you know what is most adrenalizing and exciting, can often be things that you wouldn't really want to happen in real life. Mm, So what mm -hmm. you now have is these guys who are getting a huge buzz out of the shame of being what the most shameful thing that they could be is, is vulnerable. And that means being women, right? And that they can turn themselves on by the idea being Wild. humiliated by being raped, abused, used, sex trafficked, and yep. feminized, Stolen basically. away,
1: kidnapped, gang ganged yeah.
0: I mean. So I think what we're seeing on a cultural level is really, really just a male fear playing out. You know, like the movie Get Out, I think it's called, is all about yeah. kind I've of the fear, you know, and I don't, you know, also, like, I, I didn't completely understand it, I'll be really honest, but all I knew is that I'm watching... I'm watching the fear play out, the fear that African-American people have when they're in a colon, basically colonized white supremacist society, you know? Well, yeah, exactly, of course. But I can understand, you know, to some degree. Yeah, but I can understand to some degree that like there it would be quite scary to yeah. be a black person in a predominantly white country. I can I can get that because I understand mm-hmm. what it's like to be a woman in a predominantly male room or things yeah. like that, right? It can be just being a woman around yeah, men. Exactly. What was this great
1: quote I heard? It's like being a woman is great, but being I can't remember what it is, but it's like being a woman around men is not great.
0: <laughs> no, and I guess the the thing is sort of coming back to this sort of incel type. What you have is the inversion of the incel here, right? Hmm. So when we look at men and obviously women, because men are the greatest threat what to What is us, incel? Basically. I literally
1: had to learn like all these terminologies. I was like, what is incel? It's one of those so terms I kept hearing, but I didn't know what it
0: meant. Involuntary celibate men. So basically, men who used to in the past be able to rape and, and, and abduct women, and that was cool, and they can't anymore, and they have no social skills, so they can't actually. Find any woman willing to sleep with them, so they call themselves. But they also
1: don't they also think that women they um are owed sex, like women are just supposed to fuck them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's the whole thing is entitlement. So their whole thing is a victim mentality, entitlement, where they perceive that women have all the power because women can say no to sex. So they think they're entitled. How dare I know? And so they think that women hold this sexual power over them. yes
1: that's what it is yeah 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 yeah. And they're that... like jealous or threatened by um thinking that we i guess that we have more power because we have sexual allure and sexual power which i guess that's what they are wanting to steal back like the perception mm-hmm. that that is our ultimate power which is a sex appeal so then they take that back by becoming a woman
0: well yes yeah. so I the guess? thing is remember rule number one of this kind of a man is that it's all about them. It's narcissistic and grandiose. So actually what you'll notice is this is nothing to do with women in reality at all. So the incels, what, what they're really jealous of is what they call chads, I think, which is a very strong... Masculine, charming man who gets all the women, all the girls. So if a lot of them are students, so the the guy in their class who gets all the girls, who you know has the personality capabilities of actually seducing women, mm. right? And they don't have that. So really, this is about men's envy of other men. It's really got very little to do with women because women are really just the property that they are arguing with other men over. Women yep. are a symbol of status. It's like envying a guy's mm. car, you know. Mm. So, so really, it's got yeah. nothing. It's got nothing to do with that. they call we're... the car
1: female names too. I thought about that. They're Danos. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. This is some stuff I feel like I should should have uh, conceptualized or realized way earlier. But I'm like, wait, men name their cars, their boats, whatever, like female names. How yeah. ridiculous! Because it's ownership. Because we are
0: objects, we're owners. Yeah. So maybe people don't know as well the history of uh, marriage, for example, mm-hmm. was that a woman would be abducted. And then raped, and then no. forced into marriage. Away. Yeah. Yeah. And then what became much easier was if they just, instead of you know abducting them and raping them, they would just pay for them instead. So you had dowries, and you would basically um, the the father would pay a younger man or his family to marry the woman, so that he because women were basically uh, treated like brood mares, you know, that we just popped out kids, but long story short that guys who would have previously had within the power structure an ability to get women and get a job and get, and now in this economy, especially, you know, more and more stuff is being sold by tech. So we have all of these things coming together where you have a world in yeah. which women, women are growing as a, as a, um, as a labor market, right? We're in the labor market. We're competing with these douchebag guys for these really inadequate guys, we're now some very highly skilled academic women and some dumb ones too, I'm sure. Now competing in the labour force, even in my work, like I compete with men all the time, and I win a lot. And so men now have technology, robots to compete with, automation, you know, for jobs that they would have got, you know, and they also have women to contend with. And now, on top of that, they can't get just women to just marry them or fuck them or go out with them at all because they don't have the the ability to impress these women anymore they used to do it by force or with money and now mm. they can't yeah. get any money and they're too what they would call beta males to have any kind of attractive value so these guys are stuck so what they do is they either start reading Jordan Peterson books and go and clean their room or they become women and because what they can do is they can gain they can they basically externalize their fear and shame around their their inadequate masculinity and they turn it into something that turns them on they get a, a big kick out of um, masturbating basically to the idea that they are being forcibly feminized. And that really turns them on because the idea of being a woman is to be humiliated, to be less than human, to be degraded, the way you see in porn all the time. So so mm-hmm. these men are really just, it's literally a case of if you can't beat them, join them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mind blown. Yeah, I, I took me, it's just all these things I kept, you know, discovering all this stuff along the line. And I'm like, wow, how convenient for these men to just be like, well, why would I wait for a woman to, you know, snatch up or fuck? Why not just become a woman? Yay, how easy, huzzah, you can do it too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also obviously as why I've made it sound really like, hopefully it's like a simple thing, but it's not that simple because these people are very psychologically disturbed, as we know. Yes. So the other thing is, is that the kick that they get, that kind of shame kick that turns them on, what they get, and there are a lot of men that get turned on by this, not just autogonophiles, is the, the idea, you know, we can all relate to the idea of it being sexy and exciting to do something you shouldn't be doing. And as we know, what men shouldn't be doing is raping women, right? If a woman mm-hmm. says no, then they've been taught they shouldn't do that. So in the same way that you would get a, a kick out of stealing some sweets when you're a kid from a shop... Mm-hmm. They get yeah. the same kind of kick, except in a sexually excited way. From either, obviously, traditionally they would have just been plain old rapists, but, like, now what they get the kick out of is this sort of, it's like an accessory to rape, where it's like the colonisation of women's bodies, women's spaces. For example, yeah. the um, the woman who runs uh, Giggle, uh, mm-hmm. Soul Grover, she, yeah. I saw a tweet from her once that was like, similar to the Jermaine Greer kind of quote, where it's like, women have no idea how many men, it's basically for people who don't know, it's a platform called Giggle that she runs from, I think Australia, Um, that's an app for women only to socialise, females only. And she said, you have no idea how many men on a daily basis try and invade that platform. And she knows because she's the creator and she monitors it. But it's like, they get a kick out of doing that. They get a kick out of being somewhere. You ever sat next to a bloke on the train or the subway where you have it and he's got his legs spreading, there's a certain kind of guy that enjoys that, you know, yeah. that wants to be in your fa- in your space and in your face yes. and enjoys. I remember on a tube once on the way to work at some point in the last few years kind of, you know, a guy was bashing into me with his bag, you know, these things happen. So I've kind of said, excuse me, can you, can you move forward or whatever? And he literally had a rage at me. Then he started pushing himself into my body. Like, Gross. you know, Fuck he off. had like Fuck a, off. he had like a total entitlement. The idea that a, that a female woman might have space, it was just, you know, completely wow. not acceptable yep. So again, that extends to women's sports, women's prisons, women's yep. lesbians clubs, you know, like anything, women's yep. podiums, women's yep. panels, women's, poli- you know, like politicians. You
1: think female centered, like how dare men immediately want access to it. They want it. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's the same thing of like, it's being able to control mean mummy. A lot of this, I think is about the fact that like, you know, um, as well, not enough proper male role models around maybe where it's like, you know, like a proper good man of which, you know, I know a few, you know, has respect for women and still is able to embody that kind of masculine, if you like, energy Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know like you see it in kind of the kind of guys who do like martial arts with kids for example where it's like you know like instilling a sense of respect and also self-esteem through discipline through through self-regulation through control through you know and kind of people men and women who can be vulnerable with young people as well you see it you know there are people all over the world who do amazing work Mm -hmm. those kinds of guys but You know these kind of incel guys, they're too childish for that. They're like emotionally completely like unable to regulate themselves. You know, like
1: permanent state of a child, really. Yeah, they're just constantly
0: in child, and so their needs just like they're they're so have so low self esteem themselves. They've got it's like narcissism is like needing a million mirrors to reflect back your worth. You know, yeah. and it's like they constantly need everybody can else. Can you imagine to feed how them.
1: exhausting, how sad? You're just gonna. What an unfulfilling life to not be able to exist on your own and be like, hey man, I'm, I have enough confidence and integrity and um, strength on my own. I don't need anybody to say anything or affirm me and affirm me at all. Like, can you imagine being like? Because I've seen people write at uh, Target or these other corporations being like, oh my god. This is why I made this mug, because they have, at Target they have a mug that says, ask me about my pronouns, Aww. and um, I'm like, can you imagine being like, oh my god, this mug is making me feel alive, I feel so affirmed, thank you Target. And I'm like, it was, this actually someone was inspired by, um, someone made this tweet in reply to that, ask me about my pronouns mug, and I was like, alright, I'm on it, I'll make that mug, and I did um get on my red bubble anyway um, exactly well I just mean, imagine thinking that you're just you feel alive and affirmed and and seen by a corporation like all they want is your effing money what did you, how sad like you need to look within yourself
0: Ugh. yeah well i find it's no coincidence remember the yeah. that i am so optimistic and always have been because i can fully see that like this movement, this trans ideology, it will sabotage itself because yes. it can that's the inevitable conclusion, right? Because it's sowed within itself. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, um, there's no real cure or something for the common cold, where like, mm. but within the virus itself or whatever, it has a natural lifespan where it will end up curing itself. Some bullshit like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Point <laughs> is, is that is that you know, within this um, ideology that comes from this kind of childish, narcissistic male, broken male ego that's especially in a very technological world where women are gaining more power, although we still have a lot less, but we're gaining more. And so it's a very confusing, frightening thing for men who don't really know who to be anymore. Their identity is just fucked. And this is just the reflection of that. And within that... You also have the fact that there, you said to me just now something really profound, which is that, you know, with the narcissist with all the mirrors, that it's, you said they must be so unhappy because it's impossible, right? Yeah. You cannot gain happiness from anything outside yourself. Happiness is a state of mind for everybody. And there's nothing externally that can. And it's sometimes,
1: I feel like a lot of times a choice. Like people think that love is like, oh, it's just love exists, but a lot of times love is a choice. Like if you're angry at your, your mate, your lover or whatever, and it's, it's hard to, you know, choose love and come from a loving perspective. And sometimes you just got to choose that and be, because first of all, you're not going to solve anything by meeting someone with the same amount of, uh, anger or someone who's upset with you. You're not going to solve jack shit. So you, you know, as upsetting as someone could have made you, um, you have to choose love. And I think happiness is also, it is a state of mind where, it's just there's two ways to look at everything in life, and it is a choice to be like you know this. It could be this, or it could be this. But I'd rather I'm gonna internally choose myself to look at it in in this way. So
0: absolutely, I don't know. You're a hundred percent right, and it's true. I definitely, you know, like I I was told, you know, love is a verb. It's a doing word, you know. And mm-hmm. you said it's a choice, and it's true. And I think as well, it's that thing. You know, and things like that have taken me a long time to learn and a lot of oh, mistakes. Yeah. It's not easy. But, yeah. but I'll tell you what, as well a thing of like, yeah, happiness is definitely a state of mind because there are people in the world who have everything who are miserable oh, and yeah. people in the world who have nothing who are happy. And it's and again, and vice versa, I'm sure there's but really what it's about is you can give two people the same circumstance and their perspective on it will exactly. be will be the defining thing. Everybody goes through struggle and it's a relative sliding You should. Skill. That's
1: why I'm like this whole safe space, safe everything. You can't touch, hate, life whatever. Is not That's safe. not helping anyone. It's literally going to sabotage these people into, you know, fragility. Uh-oh, you don't use my effing pronoun. Imagine, you know, you're being affirmed at every angle by corporations, your school, uh, Tumblr, your apps, your, your TV, your cartoons, your magazines, whatever. And then as soon as you walk out into reality, someone's like... Hello, sir. And you're like, ah, like it just—they make them little fragile things, and that's—that's not the way to live life. You have to go through troubles. You cannot live a life of always being protected. What a mistake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think I just, Jonathan Haidt covered it in his book, wasn't it? In The Coddling of the American Mind. Oh, and I, think I
1: love that book! Finally, someone book. else has read it. I, I keep telling people, it is honestly, I call it like an appetizer to all the shit we're seeing now. Yeah, absolutely. It, Everything really makes sense when you listen to it, and I can't really TLDR t- it. It's been a while since I've read it, but yeah, Yeah, you coddle it's someone so into their own despair. It's, it There's makes also- so much sense. It's so...
0: Correct. If people can't be bothered to read the book, they can read the article that led mm. to the book. So there's also oh. an article called "The um, The Coddling of the American Mind." I think it was 2017, um, and he he and they, because there was two of them, I forget the other guy's name. They yeah, they looked into um, the fact that social media, especially, and the way that basically parents have become very coddling towards per- towards children. So, and we can see it now that we have such a coddled generation gen z yeah. and there are some amazing things about gen z for sure i don't want to just like tar them all with the same brush but oh, definitely no <laughs> but i mean yeah, the kidding. thing is people said the same about millennials and i thought it was true i am a millennial yeah and you know the thing is is that i also thought it was true millennials were fucking snowflakes and like as well it's true we didn't really know how to get jobs and we're not particularly, and I think that's framed because most of us grew up in the context of the Iraq and uh, Iraq and Afghanistan wars and the global credit crisis. So we, I, I think things can be explained that way, where it's like we saw that like our parents' generation working hard for everything, like didn't really kind of work out a lot for a lot yeah. of people. Some people it did. But I definitely think there was a thing in the UK where there was a feeling amongst me and my peers definitely of like, well, why are we gonna like buy into and invest ourselves in a system that's clearly not for us? It does not cater to our our needs or anything. So I definitely felt like millennials were kind of a generation that were like, look, the system's fucked and it's Mm. not built for us. And I think Gen Z are different because they've really come in here so millennials were not particularly snowflakes they were just disillusioned i think gen z are much less disillusioned far more expectant Mm -hmm. so where millennials i would describe it and this is just my opinion and i've not fully thought it through but my reflections on it would be where millennials were quite um cynical in some senses where we were kind of like well, like, this system doesn't cater to us. It should be different. Gen Z took that one further now where it's like, the system should cater to us, and it will, will scream about it. Because yeah, yeah. even my generation, like, while yeah. I was growing up, social media wasn't really there yet, and there certainly weren't yeah. people getting cancelled on Twitter yet. So we didn't learn that we had this kind of social cachet, social power where we could get our needs met. We didn't realize that until we was in our like mid to late, you know, 20s or something. That's when that really started happening. So, but the Gen Z kids, they were like teenagers, 12, 13, 14, while this shit was coming of age. So imagine growing up seeing that, you know, um, this technology could be used to get your needs met. And that basically if you scream hard enough that you'll get it because everybody caves and they learned that with their parents too because mm-hmm. i think another thing we can see with this transcender thing is that a complete lack of boundaries from parents you know so oh God, so yeah. you've got you've got parents that do not know how to say no to their children you've got schools that coddle the children and will not say no to the children or the parents they let the and children then- be the
1: parents and the deciding of their entire life and permanent bullshit
0: There's a lot of philosophies and theories about the fact that, for example, like our or my parents' parents' generation, so like Mm -hmm. my grandparents' generation, they were not friends with their kids. They were authority Mm -hmm. figures, you know. They were people that that, that were genuine conservative style authority Mm -hmm. figures. It wasn't really a thing to be like a far out parent then you know, in sort of the 50s and 60s. Those generations, they came back from war. Yeah. They they came back from war. They were like, what the fuck? Like, no, you're going to do what you're told, have your milk and go to your room, get good grades, get a good job, and then your kids will do better. And they were moderate, and they were quite sort of just like small C conservative mentality because they'd come through a fucking war. Or several. Yeah. Some That's of them. why I think
1: we're also, well, not we, but the younger generation so what they are and uh protected and coddled there's they haven't been through anything like serious they haven't haven't lived through any war of any sort so i think that certainly does have a profound effect on people's minds of navigating this world it's a perspective thing yeah i think there has to be a, a snapback or something i mean isn't this what happens where like you know, a generation is overcoddled and then the next generation is the opposite of that. I hope it's that, I guess. I hope
0: so. I imagine what we're going to have after Gen Z, so the kids coming up, I think from what I've read at least, there'll be even more kind of you know fused with technology but mm-hmm. i think already like i saw some kids in the park the other day and like they were just kids and they were like taking the piss out of the non-binary thing they're like yeah i'm non-binary <laughs> you yeah know. i'm seeing that too for sure like the, the super they're straight, straight thing like it's there's a it. lot
1: of people that are like this is a are you as serious So, I mean, that does give me hope.
0: Um, Yeah, they're not buying it. I think, don't, and this is why I'm optimistic. I think people, general people, good faith, general people, I'm not fucking stupid, man. Yeah. And like, they know that this is bullshit. So, it's literally the emperor's new clothes. It's just a fact of people are too afraid to say it. But I think what's coming up the other side is I think there'll probably be a generation coming up behind Gen Z. That is hopefully quite the opposite because I mean they are just hysterical fuckwits, really, aren't they? <laughs> I mean they just really are, and I think not all of them are intolerable, just, just,
1: insufferable, just
0: ugh. totally just insufferable, like, like, like a loud,
1: piercing noise. And oh. I mean, I
0: I grew up with millennials, and so they're fucking, they're just we were bad, but these are worse. Let's be honest. For sure. But like, definitely, I, I think also if we have some compassion, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, it is because they grew up on social media and that has oh, had a yeah. huge impact on their brain development it is like,
1: i think the biggest reason why all this bullshit's going down
0: I oh mean, yeah 100%. social media has done
1: nothing but push this uh crap forward and i mean what is the i think the calling the american mind discussed this about the depression rates um oh, having yeah. a smartphone i mean dear lord instagram is uh of all the social media apps it's, it's the worst for a person's mental health because it's a very visual um thing to compare yourself to it's just a comparison app because people present their best their most filter their most blurred tool the most performative like look at my perfect life take a photo take all that off and then write the caption like take your makeup off like it's just uh it's such a such a it's such a lie and yeah I, I just I'm so glad that I didn't grow up with it I mean I live with it now and I just fuck I see my niece using it and I'm like oh get off like throw it in the trash it's just it's impossible it's like what are we supposed to do like
0: yeah, I the mean, I, I don't know. The phone. Uh,
1: fuck I don't have yeah. kids yet,
0: but I'm thinking about it. And I mean, to be honest with you, like I just, like I just be like, let's just put them in a shed in the garden Seriously. until they're like 19. <laughs> so <laughs> like,
1: I don't even know. Uh, I tell you what, I'm though. not sure.
0: I will tell you what, what those. The thing of like, I'm gonna say something that I, maybe some people won't like, and it's not. Oh, most, just do
1: it. It gives a shit? It's
0: not the most compassionate view of this situation it's and it's the, realistic though it is i do think that and there are people who have serious clinical depression and i just want them to know that i'm not talking about them but i think a lot of this a lot of these sort of diagnoses again come back to the pharmaceutical companies where especially oh, more don't in america really have that. yeah they just more it's like in the... america than mm-hmm. here but definitely oh, yeah. like you guys but it's here as well you know where it's like um you're like a lot of people aren't actually depressed like i think we forget that like yes. the human the human condition involves but the human condition involves despair and 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 like monotony and yeah. like questioning why the fuck am i here and existential crisis yeah. and 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 a sense of doom and feelings of shame and misery and embarrassment and intolerability and and working out how your parents fucked you up and and you know all this like and like you know learning through struggle and crisis Mm -hmm. how to become stronger and better and and all this stuff and there's no humility anymore to say that that's actually that's what life's about
1: it is that's what it's it's
0: about and like i feel like everybody runs to the doctor every fucking five minutes where it's like you don't need a pill you just need to like you know and i again like i'm I'm like i'm talking to someone who's Like, I had to do that myself because, like, I didn't know where the fuck to buy the ticket for life. Like, I fucking didn't. I, like, grew up and just thought, I don't even know where to start. And I made so many mistakes because I didn't even know. I didn't even know how you live properly. Like, I, so I fucked it all up all the time. (laughs) And it took me a long time. And I'm still fucking it up sometimes. (laughs) And you learn from that. If you are paying attention, if you're yes. bugged out, you on... have to have
1: self um, reflection, reflecting upon yeah. how you not how everyone's treating me this way. Look at yourself. How are you looking at things? What did? How did you act? What, like the wh- only I don't know.
0: thing that I've learned that you have control over in this world is your perspective on things. Yes, and you can exactly. have a. You can. There are people who have got through horrible like prison system injustice where they've been wrongly convicted and And they get through it based on their attitude and I think not to say that everything can be fixed with positivity I'm not one of those people I think you have to tell it like it is but I definitely think you know we're training our kids to think that they stomp and scream if they're not happy and it's somebody else's problem and if and if other people won't fix it then they just internalize it get depressed And you're just basically, like Jonathan Haidt says, he's far more compassionate probably because he's a psychologist, but he's like, you know, a social scientist where it's like, we're not teaching these kids the skills they're going to need to survive because at some point in your life, people are going to go, fuck off. No, that's not my problem. That's yours. And what are you going to do? Are you going to have an internal meltdown? You're not going to be able to cope. So we, we really are just kind of coddling them to the point where, you know, and again, it kind of comes back to this thing of like, there's a pill for everything. Like, there's, there's, you can't be born in the wrong body. And if you really are experiencing what we term gender dysphoria, as in you don't like being a man, if you're a man, and you don't like being a woman, if you're a woman.
1: I think that's a made up term. I think it's all made up. And it, it's made up presented to so these kids think that that's the solution, or that's what they have you know it's just like, but it's like the
0: same thing it's like we think that we can fix it with a pill that's yeah, literally what's exactly. happening so like, chopping oh, off body
1: parts yeah our exactly. whole
0: culture tells everybody fix it on the outside to feel b-. and that's not it man and we all know Noted. that because every yeah. film every movie in hollywood every song that we have on some level implicitly states that That is not where you're going to solve your problems on the external level. You're going to solve them through your, your, your learning, your getting wise, your self-awareness, self-reflection, becoming better. Feeling
1: that and suffering through it and and living and surviving. Like you don't have to modify a single thing on your body. It's all coming from your head anyway. Why would you think anything exterior is going to solve what's inside here anyway, where, where it started from? What a mistake. Yeah. What a lie they're being sold. It's really unfortunate. They're being lied to. They're
0: being totally lied to. crazy ass levels. It's and such, remember, it's so sad. this is just the fucking same as any other advert on TV. It's a very fucked up mind game to play. Sure, yeah. like funding all of these organizations to get laws passed so that you can drug and mutilate children. For sure, that's fucked up. But the goal here is to, is to get like... Oh, to sell these things as a lifestyle choice. Mm -hmm. So that I, because remember, I heard Artie Morty, who I love, he put it best uh, when he said, just think about it that every time a little girl decides she's trans, whatever that means, a man buys a house. A man buys a house because the lifetime supply of hormones and puberty blockers and and surgeries that she's going to need, and this is what we were coming back to before with the Hall of mirrors thing. What they're trying to get, and this is why I know we'll succeed, and it's happening in front of our eyes, is because what they're trying to get does not exist where they're trying to find it. It's like if you go into a Chinese restaurant and ask for an Indian curry, it's not there. That's not where you're going to find it. So they're trying all the time with all these surgeries and all these drugs and all these lifestyles and and all these pronouns and everything else to get the world to change, change the body, change everything external. And there's only one thing that you know that can really change and that's learning to love yourself as you are you know the ugly bits and all you know and it's like the thing that we that advertising never wants is for people to accept themselves because if you accepted yourself you wouldn't need to buy a bunch of crazy bullshit that you don't need it's true it's true they say in advertising you only need to advertise products that are luxury you don't need to advertise Mm. soap they do, yeah. but you don't need to. You don't need yeah. to advertise things that people need because they'll buy it because they need it. Yeah, you know? that's very true. Well, you have yep. to advertise is or they make shit you think that, that, that people that you don't need. need. It.
1: Yeah, obviously that's what advertising is. But yeah. So exactly. So that's
0: where we are with the trans thing is that yeah. they're selling us a lifestyle that yep. is not attainable. So not no it, matter how, how really... many surgeries you're going to have, you're never yeah. going to be the opposite sex. So it's yep. a no-win, it's a zero-sum game. Nobody's going to win and everybody exactly. loses. And yep. eventually, that has to come to an end, you know?
1: Yes. Well, um, this has been fantastic. I'm going to wind on down. You're amazing. And I, when are you coming out with your next film? I'm, I'm eager. I'm waiting.
0: Oh my god! So at the moment, I'm working on a music video of like an 80s rehash. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's going to okay. be amazing, and you're going to love epic. it. I'm already signing me the F- yeah. I of 80s so, everything. So yeah, I'm like super into my 80s stuff at the minute. So I'm Hell doing yeah. a, a re a revamp of it, a well-known 80s classic, and I'm going to make awesome. a little video for it too, obviously. But yeah, that's what I'm up to. But to be honest with you, I'm just I'm I'm back on Twitter. I I got unbanned. I had a, a secret method that I'm going to keep to myself, but yep. let's just say I played them at their own fucking game. And, yes.
1: like... <laughs> and, and bravo. Where, can, the say... people's, where yeah. can people find you on the uh, social medias <laughs> they or the can find me,
0: They can find me on my old account, man, which is at Karen underscore actually on Twitter. Because, yeah, I'll tell you what, it turns out, yeah you can pretend to be whatever the fuck you want these days Um, and so yeah i'm back i'm back i'm back in action and yeah i love chatting to you thank you for letting me rant for like an hour and a half oh
1: please it's i love having you on. i love your perspective and what you do so thanks for coming on i appreciate you speak
0: soon keep it real until next time